Yeah, that's right. I started this time. Sick of you starting all these podcasts. I'm the alpha dog now. <laughs> and I'm Mindy. <laughs> I'm the beta Annie, I guess. Well, th- th- not like AVO shit. Come on. And this is Yasuhime, episode 16. No, this is fun on title. We serve every podcast with an FU. God, this is why you're beta. God! Speaking of being a beta, we're gonna have to issue an apology for episode 15. <laughs> okay, not completely our fault because if episode 15 was like very confusing what the freaking timeline was, but we should have known that Toa, Setsuna, and Moha are 14. No matter what, that's been established before the show even started. It's hard because they're demons. They could be 18 year olds and 14 year old bodies. I guess so. Like Inuyasha was 200 years old in a 15 year old body. Yeah. So I guess from what we understand is that Inuyasha got the Black Pearl back 14 years ago. 18 years ago. 18? Oh, 18 years ago? Okay. You move away. You edit this part out. You don't exist in this podcast anymore. (laughs) 18 years ago, Clam Man gave gave Inuyasha the Black Pearl. Four years later, Toa and Setsuna was born. We should have known it was four years later because Hisui was a little bit more grown up, the little girls was a little bit more grown up, and their house wasn't destroyed. And then the comet happened. And I believe Moha was born during the eclipse, making her a few days younger than her cousins. Oh, interesting. By the way, I'm just gonna say, people who call Kogome pathetic for giving birth at, let's say, 25-ish, and Rin gave birth at 17, that's literally the products of the times. Back then, women was giving birth because they don't know when they're gonna die from a demon attack. Meanwhile, Kogome's like, Nuh-uh, I'm 17. I have my whole life ahead of me. I ain't gonna get a baby. It takes a while for Kogome to get with the new... Old times. Also, can I say how shitty their farm looks? Oh. They, they were growing nothing. You don't know that. Maybe it's like after winter. Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this last episode. It really pissed me off when the Inuyasha destroyed the house. And he only destroyed a corner of the house. Like, goddamn animators, do a little bit more work. Well, how much work did you want them to do? Um... A little bit more. When you do really close-up shots of action scenes, that's how you know they've been cutting budgets. Like, they did this in Fairy Tale a lot, when normally you punch someone and you show the whole body gets punched, but instead you just see the fist goes up. They're not one punch, man. Season one. <laughs> Season two, they did that a shit ton. Yeah. It's hard to ignore it once you realize what they're doing. Anyways, let's get into why we originally came here to do. Episodes- Apologize about episode 16? 15. No, not originally 16. <laughs> we originally came for 16. We had to do a little 15. I'm sorry I called Yasagawa? Yasagari? Yawaragi. Yawaragi a man. And I said, um, that's some straight up hetero bullshit. She a lady now. She a lady. Well, we know she a lady now. <laughs> hey, so what we can tell, adding on to this timeline that we're trying to correct, was that it seems like Moraha met Yararagi at the age of 8, and then she cut off their master-pupil relationship at the age of 11. For the love of God, Yasuhime, please draw these characters aging. Why does Moraha look exactly the same when she's 8, when she's 14? 11, you mean. 8, 11, 14, whatever. Because she cute. She cute, but... To be fair, the creator created that design so they knew we can't do better than that. I would have loved to see the same outfit 
but just a tinier more house. So like it's really oversized. Oh, that'd be cute. Or like maybe it's cleaner, and then as the years go by, it gets like all layered and mad, and it's like, what the heck is such an outfit more, huh? Like even Setsuna and Tora had you know designs when Setsuna had her little tail around her neck, being like, "Hey, Kaede." What's up? I'm a fancy bitch. <laughs> this ain't a tail, by the way. I took it off, clearly. It could be a tail. It could be a detachable tail, like a lizard. Oh my god. I'm gonna cut off my tail so I look normal with these people. That's the part that makes you think Kagura's the mom, because Kagura's a mixture. Detachable tail? Oh, she's a mixture of all kinds of demons. I love the theory that Kago was like, hey, Wynn, I need you to be the surrogate mama of my babies because I'm dead. <laughs> and we just accept this. We just accept it. <laughs> oh my god. The theories are ridiculous. So anyway, so Moha has to tell the tale of how she knows this white-haired lady that's trying to kill her. And it starts with Moha being sold to the demon gambling house. And now she has to fight to get the Kodoku, which is the demon energy of a thousand fighting demons. I feel like that was an Inuyasha. I just can't remember. It's similar to how the first priestess... Midoriko was fighting a whole bunch of demons and then she had to fight the final boss but she knew she couldn't defeat the final boss so she trapped her soul with all the demons to become the Shikon Jewel. It's a similar idea but it's not the same idea. I think what the show is trying to tell me is that so Kogomi sealed Moha's demon powers into her rouge and then Yawagari? Yararagi. Yararagi. I'm just going to call her master. Taught her how to un- tap into the demon powers. And then taught her, don't do that shit all the time or even really at all. I have biggest regret in my life teaching you that because now I got this stupid armor that can't get off. I've got these legs to backpedal the hell off. <laughs> I think it's interesting this show's really harping on moms and tears because I think it was Kogomi's tear that sealed away the powers because if I remember correctly, she cried on the rouge when she gave it to Moha. Kogome cried, Zero cried, Izayaoi cried, Inyasha's mom cried. I think it's interesting that this is a story clearly surrounding women and their moms being female empowering, but it was written by a man. So it feels like the fakest representation I've ever seen in my life. Now this episode overall I thought was good. I just wish it was split into two episodes. It was just extremely rushed. Good job, Koga, by the way. Hey, Kagomi wants you to take care of her kid, Koga. Alright, when she is six, or I think five? Eight. Eight. Oh, wait. When she is eight, I will let someone else take care of her. Maybe, just like how Songo and Moroku, and this is a hypothesis, can't take care of Moriha because they have their own children that they have to protect. Koga and Ayame got their own kids to protect, so they had to find a, like, you know, like a woman who's smart and doesn't have much to lose and to take care of Moriha. The show really has to say why Songo and Muroku and Kaede... I don't know if Kaede even knows that she's the daughter of Inuyasha. I think Kaede knows, but I don't think she... Like, she doesn't have the body to go find Moroha after everything that happened. And Songo and Muroku don't live with Kaede anymore. And they just kind of do their own thing. I don't know. I do kind of see your theory of how maybe Songo and Muroku do think Inuyasha Kagome and Moriha are dead. This show has to clarify who knows and who doesn't know about Moriha because I'm finding it hard to believe Hachi wouldn't tell Songu and Moroku he left Moriha with Koga. Maybe Kagome told him not to tell him. 
you are making a bunch of assumptions on the show's behalf. I understand, but the show has to tell me like, are you saying that oh we can't let anyone know because of Kim and Maru? I will take that excuse if I see more of Kim and Maru's men and Zero going after Moraha because it seems like everything was kind of clear. Moraha was just living her best life for the last three years. She was just living with a corpse dealer with no one protecting her. Unless you want to give like some bullshit that like Shishon's been protecting her this whole time. I don't know about that. I don't know. Like, that's li- literally the only man who knows about Moraha that could have done it. Here's another thing that I thought was weird. Apparently, I'm the only one who thinks it's weird that Moraha learned the backlash wave. Why is that weird? Only because I'm pretty sure the backlash wave was specifically for the Tetsaiga. I guess so, but it's not like the same name. It was like the Crimson Backslash Wave or whatever. I don't really think Setsuna and Tora need to be in this episode. Just like how Moraha didn't have to be in the other episodes. They're all together now. Like the Three Musketeers. They better be treating Moraha better then. I forget what episode it was when Moraha went her own thing and Tor and Setsuna was like, well, we have completely different goals, so why would we go? I mean, they, they find a way. So I just hope Moraha becomes a little bit more important now if we went to her backstory. All the main mysteries are really around Moraha, right? Like, we care about Setsuna and Toa's mom. Alright, that's been solved. We're done with them, in a sense, right? Yeah. We don't really care about the dream butterfly. Although we do care about what's going on with Rin in the tree. Yes. But then what happened to Inyashi Kuomi? Are they ever coming back? Is someone going to tell Moraha this and then she's going to have to somehow use the red pearl to be a, a portal now? I think it's interesting that the Red Pearl might be used as a Black Portal, but do they have the ability to travel time, or was that just was that just Tora? I don't know if that was just part of the tree. Oh, you're right. I don't know if it really. I think the pearls gave the tree power just by proximity. Oh, okay. But I don't think the girls necessarily have the power to. Although I don't know, cause Tora when. She was young, was in a forest that wasn't the same forest as the Tree of Ages. Yeah, unless Shishomaru picked the shittiest forest. Or Shishomaru wanted that forest of Inuyasha to burn to the ground. Oh, you know what confused me? The Blue Pearl. What's that man's name? Konton? Konton. How did he get the Blue Pearl? I thought that was Riku. Does Riku have a completely different pearl? Did he let him borrow it? Because Konton definitely didn't use it before. Yeah, and we always assume he had a green pearl, but okay, because there's gold, silver, red. That's three pearls. Yes. The very first pearl we actually meet has like a purple pearl. Yes. So that's four. Now, Konton has a blue pearl, which is five. Are we assuming the black pearl is part of this? That would be six. Um, the Kirby hamster got orange. Hamster has orange, so that would be the seven pearls? I think so. Because I don't really remember seeing a green one, and orange... Well, no, you said orange was the hamster. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Unless it's going to be an ugly brown pearl. Unless we find... <laughs> Unless the pink pearl comes back from the fire. <laughs> the Shikanju. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be interesting, I'm going to stray away from the pearls, that this series is going to look into how all these girls can't really control the demon house. Because so far, we have Moroku sealing Setsuna's demons and Kogome sealing Moraha's demon. And I guess since no matter how many quarter demon humans you are, your human half cannot control your demon half, so you're gonna go rage. And in the opening, you see Tora with the red eyes. In newer Rise of the Yokai Clan, he was only an eighth demon. And I think he turned into his 
shoot, I didn't care about the show that much, but he turned into a demon during a specific time. I think I had to do with the moon too. That strong dilation, dilution? It's just, you know, one drop of demon blood ruins the whole human blood. Oh yeah, I've always thought that would be the case. Makes sense. Because I feel like evolutionary-wise, your cells are going to be like, holy shit, look at that demon, Leo, there. I'm going to take that and pass it on to the next That's generation. That's really the best. Darwinism at its best. We're going to take the best. I mean, assuming ignoring um, Mendel's laws, but still, that's how life should work. So what do you think about the preview for the next episode? Because I am... Yawn. Oh, I mean... It seems like it's going to be more towards Setsuna, like, I'm not going to stab you, Setsuna. It's like, stab me, bro! I mean, it's going to be, you know, we've had our main episodes, right, that shared a lot of, like, lore and whatnot, so we got to go back to, like, the fillers. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of build things up again, even though we're totally over it. You know how the four perils are really bad? Yes. What made Naraku's minions good? Huh. I think it's just, like, their goal is very clear. Like, Kagura has to do it to survive, because if she disobeyed Naraku, she would have been killed. Yes. I will admit, the mirror girl had no personality. Kana. Kana. But she also just kind of felt like a tool. I mean, they're all basically just tools for Naraku. Yeah. What about that baby? Oh, the baby who tried to eventually take over Naraku, but then failed miserably. I don't remember him doing that. I remember he had a unicorn. Ente! Do you just remember everyone's mount? It's the only ones I care about. Ente, Aun, and Momu. Kilala. Kilala. Man, you have a problem. It's just like animals. Okay, how would you rate this episode 1 out of 10 Shikon Jewels? Wow, um, I think I'd give it like a 7. Oh, wow, that's high. Yeah, I like Yararagi. There was a lot of twists and turns. It's just extremely rushed. That's the only thing I really didn't care about this episode. I'll give it a 6 because I'm taking a point off because they never shown the demon gambling house. And with that, I think we can end the episode. I want to bring up how bad I am about how this isn't a two-part episode. Because it could have been left off the cliffhanger where Yawaragi had like a gambling problem. And then, bam! Plot twist. Next episode. Everything she does is for Moraha or just like trying to like fix the problems that Moraha didn't really cause but, you know, kind of started in a sense but she never blamed more how she just had to fix her own thing and she just used like a very tough love approach to like help her see that relying on benny yasha isn't the only way to go can the beta end the episode now okay guys thanks for listening bye (laughs)